basically the synopsis was this will lead to UNC, among others, departing the ACC. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, no, I just felt like the ACC acted out of panic, um, that someday these schools might leave, and in doing so, doing it over the express wishes and votes of UNC and Florida State and Clemson, um, the ACC guaranteed that those schools would leave and leave at the first opportunity. The, the ACC had, uh, you know, because of this grant of rights that holds the league together through 2036, probably about seven years where that was going to be make things financially impossible for anyone to leave, so through 2029 or 2031, somewhere thereabouts. But instead of sort of waiting that out, seeing what happens with the television rights market, which is in total upheaval right now, it's one of the reasons why Cal and Stanford were available. The Pac-12 imploded when they couldn't get a, a good TV deal. Uh, instead of waiting and using this time and trying to see what happens, uh, several of the presidents just decided to act out of panic and chase some very short-term and incremental financial gains over the long-term health of the league. And in doing so, you know, went against the wishes of, of three of the, really the ACC's most valuable properties. And, and, you know, it was NC State's vote that flipped to give the last yes vote that this expansion needed. And that's, I think, NC State is going to come to regret that uh, some years down the road. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned was having Notre Dame right now. They're in a state of flux because now NBC, their coverage of college football is a lot more than Notre Dame. It's now going to expand to the Big Ten, and they got, you know, Fallout Boy doing the big single, you know, the lead-in, and they're going to have Big Ten Saturday night. Notre Dame's no longer the calling card for college football on NBC, and you recommended that basically the ACC wait and see what Notre Dame's going to do because that could eventually impact things perhaps to a point where they would join the ACC as a full member. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's still unlikely. I mean, Notre Dame, you know, considered it, considers its football – independence extremely important so this is always a bit of a long shot but i don't know why you would foreclose that opportunity uh unnecessarily nbc's deal with notre dame is up after the 2025 football season there's a lot of changes in that market not just the big 10 but you know nbc potentially becoming an investor in espn uh if disney spins off part of espn that's you know comcast and disney have talked about that uh, there's a lot of things that could happen. Um, number one is if Notre Dame gets into a situation where the offer it has is not is not financially better, where most of their games are going to be streaming on Peacock instead of big NBC because of, as you said, NBC is now all in with the Big Ten on Saturday night, Notre Dame might actually look at the ACC as being more attractive. And, and Notre Dame, outgoing Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick, gave an interview uh, before Notre Dame's season opener against Navy about 10 days ago with Dan Patrick, where you know he, he basically said the two things that would drive us to ind- out of independence are we, we didn't have access to the college football playoff, which they'll have because Swarbrick's been on the committee that came up with this expansion plan, so that's taken care of, or we don't have a media partner. And that's the thing. If, if, if NBC were to, to, bat, to, to backtrack a little bit with Notre Dame, you know, having access to ABC, having access to ESPN, having more access to the ACC network, you know, all of those things might become more attractive to Notre Dame. As I said, it's still a long shot, but I think it was in the ACC's best interest to let it play out and see what happens. But now Notre Dame is never going to join a league that has these other schools in it. Um, they're going to continue to play Stanford as a non-conference game, and that's just how it is. Yeah, Luke DeCock joining us from the Raleigh News and Observer. You felt that the best move would have been to just simply kick Boston College out of the league. Why would that have been the best move? <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, it's a joke, but it makes financial sense. Yeah. The reason the, the 
ACC is adding these schools is because uh, they've all been willing to various degrees, SMU completely, um, and, and Cal and Stanford partially, to basically not take the revenue, television revenue, that they would normally be entitled to as a league member, and then the league's going to split it up again among the, the existing schools over the next uh, 12 years of the television deal, 13 years of the television deal. So you're basically just robbing Peter to pay Paul because by 2036, those schools are all going to want and deserve full distributions, and you're, they don't bring enough to the table that you're going to increase revenue enough to pay for them. So it's kind of a Ponzi scheme in a lot of ways. Um, the joke about kicking Boston College out is Boston College is a school that brings the least to the table, nothing in football, nothing in basketball, completely irrelevant in its own market, which is a pro sports market that barely knows Boston College exists, in a television market that's going to be based on eyeballs going forward and not households as the, the cable bundle falls apart, um, Boston College delivers absolutely nothing to the ACC. Ironically, the ACC, in adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU, added three schools that bring nothing in football, nothing in basketball, and are completely irrelevant in their own market. Yeah. this Ever since Boston College was admitted back in 2003 with Virginia Tech, each round of expansion by the ACC has featured a lot of small private schools. And there's only so much that you can grow when you do that, right? I mean, have, I mean, I say this after Duke beat Clemson last night, and that was a wonderful moment for Duke. You were there, but, I mean, there's only so much a league can grow when you do that. Yeah, I mean, some, some small private schools, you know, obviously Duke basketball is, is one of the biggest properties in that sphere. Um, and, and, you know, you look at Gonzaga basketball. I mean, they're, they're out there. Um, but, yeah, you're – you know, when you look at what is the future of college athletics going to look like, the schools that are going to carry the most weight are going to be the ones with the biggest alumni bases. Quite frankly, the Ohio States and the Texases and, and schools like that, that that excel at athletics and also have massive nationwide alumni bases. I think when you look across the ACC, which, which schools does that apply to? And it's probably Clemson and North Carolina, Florida State. And, and my, the, the fourth for me would be Virginia that I think even though Virginia voted for this, they will be a part of, of any exodus as well because they do bring that to the table. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting next few years, but at least for this past weekend, we got to focus on the games and what a slate it was. Uh, can you just describe what that feeling was like at Wallace Wade last night? It's been a long time since it's been that alive, huh? Yeah, you know, there, it was certainly some of that, but because of the way the game went, and even before the game, just sort of looking at Clemson's team, there, there wasn't a lot of shock to it. This is, physically speaking, in terms of appearance, this is the least impressive Clemson team of the Dabble era, and I said that during warm-ups down on the field. They don't have a, the Dexter Lawrences or Isaiah Simmons or these, you know, they don't have the dudes that made Clemson Clemson, especially on defense. And then that's obviously how the game played out. Duke was the more physical team, especially in the secondary. Duke was the more explosive team. Duke was more creative offensively. Um, Duke made big plays on special teams, which has always sort of been a calling card for Clemson. Uh, it just Duke, Duke gave away really uh, 11 points, took two field goals when it should have scored touchdowns, and then gave away a touchdown to, to, to Clemson with a fumbled punt uh, right in the shadow of its own goal line, and still won by 21. Uh, so the mistakes that Duke made, it played well enough to completely uh, overcome them. And just a very... I don't think Clemson's a bad team. I think Duke is a, a good team and, and played well. And I think Clemson's a good team that didn't play all that well, but it's not the Clemson we're used to seeing. It's a very ordinary, pedestrian, average Clemson team. And in the ACC, that completely upends the dynamic because Clemson has been the bully for so long. They have that mystique. They're intimidating. 
uh, teams get you know wound up and, and caught up in their feelings before they play Clemson. I think what Duke did last night was kind of like George McFly punching just robe the bully, it changes the entire dynamic. That's right. That was Back to the Future, for those who may not understand that reference, by the way. Uh, Luke is an expert on, on Back to the Future, and I know Fletch one time, because I think he knows the, uh, the the theme song to the chase scene in the movie Fletch. Uh, as Ben Swain put it on a Twitter, somebody get a message to the Duke students to hit Clemson with an ACC chant. That would have been classic if that had happened. Luke DeCock from the Raleigh News and Observer. Thank you so much, Luke. We appreciate it. Sure thing, Jeff. Take care.